might have you had that play coming. It is caught. Brandon Banks with a sensational catch and the touchdown. No, you know what? I mean, it wasn't any one particular deal. It was just, you know, it was, just, uh, it was time for us to go in a different direction. It is week 10 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. And folks, it's Domino's 50% off week. Yes, it is back. Order online at dominoes.ca and get half off any menu price pizza. Medium, large, extra large, whatever the size, whatever the toppings, it is 50% off until August 19th. Go get yourself some Domino's at dominoes.ca today. That's dominoes.ca. Great show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, there's, there's a lot of meat for a week Coming off of where there is only three games, there is a lot of meat on the bone here heading into Week 10. Johnny Manziel's second start. Deron Carter's mystery release from Saskatchewan. And looking ahead to the upcoming slew of games across the CFL. I got a lot of help to help me break this thing down. 13-year NFL and CFL veteran current CFL on TSN analyst Davis Sanchez. Very excited to talk to this guy. Davis Sanchez coming up in about 10 minutes' time. Then... TSN.ca's Scott Cullen. Fantasy tips for your CFL roster. Power rankings. We'll get to some of his statistically speaking on the CFL that was on TSN.ca this week. And then in the last segment of the show, I'm going right to Saskatchewan. All right. You try to get the inside scoop of, of what the heck is going on with this Duran Carter situation, really with the Rough Riders as a whole, an organization. Some bizarre moves made by Chris Jones really heading back to the offseason. So I go to former CFLer, former NFLer. He played with the Rough Riders. He's current analyst on Regina Radio, the Green Zone, Belton Johnson. Get an in-depth look at that Deron Carter situation. Uh, first, though, hey, you know what? Let's get to the news and notes around the league. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. All right, and we mentioned Johnny Manziel. That debut could not have gone any worse. No touchdowns. Four interceptions. How is he going to rebound? Did he show that progression? And as we said, the Duran Carter situation, we'll cover Manziel. Carter, and also, are the BC lines being underestimated? Well, the CFL and TSM panel discussed that beginning with Rod Smith. Huddling up with Matt Dunnigan, Milt Stiegel, and Davis Sanchez. Matty, Johnny Manziel was better. Mm. Good enough to erase all those doubts from his first start? Absolutely. This no, kid's no, got no, a bright no, future. No, 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 no. Like I said. Sorry. What are you doing? Wally Bruno, Wally, Wally Bruno impression. Start us off. Okay, continue, continue. My <laughs> yeah, bad, my bad. Hey, Johnny Manziel, hey, he marked improvement. Hey, kudos to him and Kahari ah. Jones for getting on the same page, putting in the time, and it showed. Hey, had a game plan that was called almost to perfection. He needs some help from around him. Still, yeah. he needs some players around him. But now him. he has to keep improving. He'll have another week of practice with Kahari Jones and that offense. Allow him. It's going to be a test, but I think he's going to be up for it. Let, he can't take a step in, back. Let the man enjoy some success. He had a good night. He had a good night tonight. It was better. You're right. But they still 
not in win. It's not all about winning and losing, guys. It's about having fun and getting better. <laughs> okay, Mel, Deron Carter. Surprised me to be let go by the Saskatchewan yes. Rough Riders. Uh, Montreal might need some receiving help. I mean, yeah. should they take a chance at Deron again? Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to take a chance on this man. And mm. first of all, I want to find out why he was Get released. You know? horn, was David. it on the field? Was it off the field? Out, but huh? he seems to be a good guy. Get him on the team, and the Montreal Alouettes could definitely nope. use him. Yeah, after what I saw tonight, Johnny needs some help out there. He needs some targets nope. to throw to guys who actually make plays. We know that he's a big playmaker. Keep him on the offensive side of the football. Let Matt, him go do his Matt, thing. Matt, you haven't made great decisions as a GM. You, you traded me, the best player you ever had. So I don't know if I'm <laughs> Dude, listening to your decision you're here. Old but, and washed but, up <laughs> and expensive. Highly, highly, highly younger incentive, incentive-laden contract for Duran. I signed him. Even from the stamps, I signed chance, him with high chance. incentives. What is it about you going after old coaches and GMs? Let me ask you about Wally's team then. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, including me, didn't have BC as a playoff yeah. team. Big win over Edmonton. Uh, we underestimated the Lions. No. If you have coming into a season with like eight eight or nine uh, new starters on defense, mm. I can't trust you. But I do trust Torrey Hunter and, and G. Roy and Neil McAvoy and Ed Hervey. Mm -hmm. And the, the process, those guys will bring Thanks. in players, but it's going to take time. So well, I could have rolled them early. Most of you assess the BC Lions with Jonathan Jennings at the helm. Uh, and based on yeah. last season he had, yeah, there were some uh, there were some critics out there. Hey, with Travis Lou at the helm, this is a different football no team. Doubt. With Lule, they can compete against yeah. anybody. If that defensive front Lule, four continues to put the as long as Lule stays like healthy, they can compete. If they lose Lule and have to go back to Jennings, I don't know because he just didn't have that confidence. Lule out there gives them an opportunity. Since he's been Thank playing, you. they've been in every game, every single game, You're if not winning. Right, Mil. Okay, they disagree, and Davis, I think Wally would disagree with you as well. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, Huddle no. Up, Week 9. Second down. Can you go back to that BC Lions game for a second and look at what Mike Riley versus Travis Lule did. Neither one lit the world on fire. Lule, if you look at Lule's numbers for the Lions, 16-29, and 1-1, one one. Mike Riley 2-2. Two and two. You want to be able to see for Mike Riley really start to assert that dominance that we know he can have, but has flashed it this year. It hasn't been consistent. And this BC Lions team, the guys were talking about it, being underrated. We saw last year what that Lions group could do when Travis Lule was healthy. And he can still play at a high level. The problem with Lule has never been his skill. It's been about staying on the field. And at 34 years old, he's looking as good as ever. And you mix in that running game. Trayvon Van, right, who, who popped a little bit, had a touchdown. You couple that with the Eskimos. We know C.J. Gable, when on, can be phenomenal. He's just not always on. All right, let's get to third down. Third down. Okay, Rod Smith and Matt Dunnigan break down the Blue Bombers win over Hamilton and how the Ticats still need to score more. This is a game, Maddie. The Hamilton Tiger Cats come in with the best net offense in the Canadian mm. Football League. They can move the ball. At times they did. Mm. They might be lamenting now they should have a little more to show for it. Uh, kind of an ugly win for Winnipeg. Yeah, it was. And Hamilton uh, helped them out. 13 penalties for 124 yards. You can't do that. Expect a win on the road against a tough team like Winnipeg. Winnipeg had a bit of the bye week blues going on. They really didn't seem like they were on their game. But 
that they gutted it out. If you talk about Hamilton, let's just talk about them first. You've got a head coach in June Jones has said a couple times already this season he's gotten away from the run. He didn't do that in this ball game. He kept feeding the ball to Alex Green. I helped, and I think that helped them stay in a game that wasn't really uh, flowing offensively for him. And yet. Jeremiah Mazzoli and Brandon Banks found a way to get it done in the air. Mazzoli, with the ground game working, was able to pull it and put some pressure on the defense because he needed to. Because that defense of Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, and Adam Bighead were, were really collapsing the pocket many times, keeping the keeping the elusive quarterback Mazzoli on the run. But they often say you just got to win two out of the three phases. For Winnipeg, it wasn't special teams; it was offense and defense gutting it out. Absolutely, and as a result, they're five and three. They're tied with the Edmonton Eskimos now for a second in the West. And as for the Ticats, after that big win in Montreal, uh, back in the loss column now, staying in uh, second in the East of three and five. So there you go. That was three downs. Our Twitter poll today at AndyMC81 on Twitter. And also make sure to follow me on Instagram at AndyMCSports. But on Twitter, you can vote at AndyMC81. Which of these quarterbacks do you expect to post the best numbers in CFL Week 10? Our Domino's Canada show poll. Which quarterback do you expect to post the best numbers in CFL Week 10? Johnny Manziel of the Alouettes, McLeod Bethel-Thompson of the Argonauts, Zach Caleros of the Rough Riders, or Trevor Harris of the Red Blacks? Manziel, Bethel-Thompson, Caleros, or Harris? Who do you expect to post the best numbers? This one is tough. I want to see, and I'm so fascinated to see what McLeod Bethel-Thompson does in his second start. Just like we wanted to see what Johnny could do in his second start. Bethel-Thompson has had a week to prepare coming off of that great second half. The BC Lions are beatable, but we just talked about how they can be underrated. You can't take them for granted. How they, how he produces and comes out could set the tone for the rest of this season for this Argos team. There's going to be up and ups and downs, but you want to see him, just like with Manziel, continue to progress. My vote for this week in Week 10, I'm going to go with Trevor Harris. I'll go Trevor Harris. That, I was uh, torn between Harris and Caleros, but just with just all the distraction in Saskatchewan with Deron Carter being let go, seems like it's too much of a circus atmosphere, and we know with Trevor Harris, he can put up some big numbers. It's going to be tough, though, against that Winnipeg defense. No doubt about it. It is going to be a tough one for them. But you can vote there at AndyMC81. Which quarterback do you expect to post the best numbers in CFL Week 10? Let's step aside after the break. It will be CFL on TSN analyst, former NFLer, former CFLer, Davis Sanchez, next across the TSN radio network. Whether you're in a hurry, out with friends, or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Starting June 11th, check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right, load up that medium pizza with a wide variety of fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Andy McNamara with you, and it is 50% off week at Domino's, folks. Go get yourself a Domino's pizza. Half off any menu price pizza for online orders. You want a medium, large, extra large, doesn't matter. Any size, any toppings, 50% off until August 19th. Go get yourself some Domino's at domino's.ca. 
today. Let's swing around all the top storylines in the Canadian Football League. Joining me now, a 13-year NFL and CFL veteran, current CFL on TSN analyst, it is Davis Sanchez. Davis, let's first start with the CFL performers of the week. It was a shorter week nine, but leading the way, Trevor Harris. And this guy has been so interesting because he's right at the cusp of, of jumping into that elite level quarterback conversation. A little bit up and down this season. Had a nice comeback against the Montreal Alouettes, but because the Alouettes have been so bad all year, how much stock do you really put in, in a positive performance by Harris and the Red Blacks ultimately against this Alouettes team? Yeah, I said in the in the TSN pregame show, I said he was going to throw for I think I said four hundred, and I, I was uh, I was off. He threw for almost five, but yeah. uh, it's uh, yeah that that secondary of Montreal didn't have uh, a single pairing out there that had played together previously, so uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that game. But he's but Trevor's been putting up numbers uh, pretty much against for the most part against everybody, and and that's. Uh, you know that's never been their issue putting up numbers. I think you know scoring points uh, when it matters, and and that big fourth quarter drive he had this week, and he had one again uh, two weeks previous. Uh, that's really what impressed me most is his ability to get it done when it counts. Because that's been the big question: can he get it done when it counts in playoff time or in clutch time? And that's uh, so yeah, that that part's impressive. And here's what's interesting: he goes up against one of the defensive players of the week, Adam. Big Hill with the Blue Bombers, and that Blue Bomber defense can be nasty. The Red Blacks go into Winnipeg, and we've seen before what Adam Big Hill can do. He's had lights-out performances this year and years past. Seven defensive tackles, had a sack, forced fumble, helped Winnipeg to the win. And when you couple that strong defense with Andrew Harris on the opposite side of the the field at running back, and Matt Nichols, who you want to call him a game manager, plays it safe, whatever, how good do you think this Winnipeg team can be overall? You're not allowed to call Andrew uh, Matt I know. a game, game manager anymore. He's, uh, I promised him I wouldn't allow it, uh, and uh, I think it's only fair. Our journalistic integrity, we're not allowed to call him that anymore. He's, he's proven... He's proven uh, that he's more than a game manager. I, I think from last year, you're you're right. Uh, you're right in, in that he he kind of broke away from that. But the good thing is, Davis, is that he doesn't have to necessarily throw for 400 games because of the p- complete pieces around him on both sides of the ball. Right? Yeah, they're good, and they don't even really have a number one receiver. I, I, you know, Darvin Adams is maybe a number one B. He's a good receiver, mm-hmm. but he's not. I mean, even him, he hadn't had a hundred yard game yet up until last week. He hadn't had a hundred yard game. I don't know if you had a hundred last week, but uh, anyway, yeah, they, they they do things. They're well balanced. Uh, obviously, they have um, the great running game, and they have probably the best offensive line um, as a group collectively. They they work so well together. They're tough to deal with, and then I think for that reason, uh, you know, Matt Nichols orchestrates that offense as good as anybody in the league. I put him up there with with Mike and Bo as as a guy hmm. who orchestrates his offense and runs it. Um, you know he's not as talented as those two guys, but he runs the offense uh, just as well. So they're they're a good football team, and there should be a lot of points, a lot of points in that game. That's for sure. Oh, I hope so. It seems, Davis, when whenever this season 
we've been anticipating you get like a, a Bowley by Riley match or, or whatever when two gunslinger quarterback. It's kind of fallen short this year. So I hope you're right. I hope this one kind of balls out and we have a, a big scoring game. Let's get to the final CFL top performer of Week 9, Chris Rainey of the BC Lions. And you and the crew on the CFL on TSN panel went over how the BC Lions might be underrated when you have as versatile a weapon as Chris Rainey, who can not only do it, in the backfield as receiver, but obviously on special teams, 135 punt retar- uh, return yards and a TD. Boy, when you mix in that type of weapon with Travis Lule, BC Lions, you can't sleep on him, can you? No, they the first three games of the season, I, I believe the Lions had uh, under 300 yards uh, per game, uh, and then after the, in the last three, they've had over 400, and that's you know a lot of that to do with Travis being back, and and Travis is just you know, he sees the field well and he gets the ball. He's, he takes shots down the field, which is extremely um, – if you're a defensive player, it's, it's, it's uh, challenging because he's, he's, he's putting you to the test at, at all times. And Chris Rainey is, you know, like you said, he's a, he's a dynamic guy. He, he's a, when he get, touches the ball, he can score every time. So I guess uh, the situation with, with having Travis and then Chris Rainey and, and Wally has been – he actually was hesitant to play Chris on offense – and on special teams previously, and I think you know this year he's just he's finally realized he's got to go against what he believed in the past um, and get find ways to get him the ball. Their offense has struggled at the beginning, so yeah, having having Chris Rainey get his hands on the ball as many times as he can, I think is. I mean, you watch Chris when he's in the NFL, when he's in at, at Florida, he's just a guy. No matter where Chris Rainey is, he's he's electric, and uh, yeah, he, he showed it last week for sure. In conversation with 13-year football veteran with the NFL, the CFL, current CFL and TSN analyst Davis Sanchez on Twitter, at Sanchez Davis and the number two. Now, Davis, we see coming out of Montreal that Johnny Manziel uh, will miss practice on Tuesday because of an appointment, but that he would attend meetings, and this is pure speculation, but that, does, I don't know, that kind of rings an alarm bell to me after that hit he took and that we know concussion symptoms can come up a, a few days after. Boy, that would be a shame if he missed any time considering how, how much he developed from Game 1 to Game 2, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, I have heard this, and I'm pretty sure the uh, the appointment he missed. He hasn't. He had an appointment. He missed practice. I'm. I'm sure it's not a, a Manny Petty or something. <laughs> I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm, I'm certain that it's concussion related. Right. You saw. Yeah. You, you saw after he came back from taking that hit on the goal line, uh, his his numbers were down. He didn't look didn't look right. You could tell he was knocked out. I'm. I'm you know. I guess they'll look at it from a league level. I, I won't speculate on, on exactly. Uh, what happened there, but uh, he, he looked like he took a shot, and uh, you know the doctors obviously deemed him okay to play, but I'm sure that's something that the league's going to look at and, and see if uh, if indeed it is uh, labeled that he did have a concussion. That's something they'll have to go back and look at, but uh, that'd be disappointing, because uh, yeah. a lot of people, I'm sure, want to see, including myself, and, and want to see him play up against Mike Riley and, and the Eskimos this weekend, and, and build on you know a little bit of success that he had or at least he, he had a gain some traction from week one so i'd like to see that he's only going to get better and that's mm. uh that is what it is he has a team behind him and no one really discusses the fact that mike sherman you know the head coach of this team and they talk about johnny trying to learn the system and he's only been there for two weeks and his agent came out and said hey it's not fair that he's been put in the situation well mike sherman the head coach of the Alouettes has only been in the CFL for 
a couple months himself. So he, mm. I, he barely knows his own system <laughs> but, and trying to teach Johnny. So yeah. for us to have all these expectations of Johnny, uh, I think are unrealistic. So I, I think any uh, he's got a decimated team. He's got a ton of holes in that roster, a coach that's new to the league. Uh, I don't expect a lot of success. So when you see anything bright coming from number two in Montreal and what he does for the fans and those trying to, you know, uh, you know, go against Johnny or believe, you know, the detractors uh, mm-hmm. under, understand that. Exactly. And speaking of possible weapons here, Davis, uh, we have the Deron Carter situation of Saskatchewan released a bizarre situation, not really knowing the specifics as to why played defense, played offense, back and forth, back and forth. He Montreal makes a whole lot of sense. And really, Davis, when you look at the Alouettes, they have nothing left to trade. There's nothing left. They've traded years' worth of draft picks, any sort of asset that can make any sort of difference. Signing a Duran Carter would immediately help Johnny Manziel out. Where do, you, where do you feel would be the best landing spot in the CFL for Duran Carter? Uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt. There's one place that, that is perfect for Duran Carter. Uh, and the, the issue is, it's, you need to have, you know, a, a coach that uh, that is a is a guy that lets. You know, net, all players aren't to be treated the same, but they got to be treated fairly. And mm-hmm. I think you need to have a coach that that's like that, a coach that can deal with, uh, you know, uh, personalities like Duran's, and and understand that that's what you get with Duran. Uh, your coach kind of has to have a little bit of that in him himself, and I think, and the team as well. And I think so. The perfect place. For Deron Carter is is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> know what to tell you. <laughs> that was the perfect. Oh, Chris Jones and Deron Carter are, are perfect for each other. Hmm. Chris, uh, I played for Chris Jones. He's a uh, he's a guy that that gets it. He understands, uh, you know, the the culture Deron comes from. He understands. He's had a lot of characters um, like Deron. Me not being one of them, but he's had a lot of guys <laughs> that that are similar. You know that. that are, like Duran, he can handle those personalities. So I thought that that was the perfect fit. It seemed to be going great. So if Duran couldn't get it done there and could not be a fit for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Cowboy Chris Jones, I don't know where he fits, <laughs> but uh, I would guess he's going to Montreal will be uh, if I had to pinpoint a landing spot because all other eight teams are a, a no-go for different reasons. They're a no-go. Uh, Montreal is the only place that I think fits for him. And, and really out of desperation, whether the coaching staff, whatever, ne- thinks that attitude-wise or not that he fits in, a second tour duty with Montreal, they they need to see what Johnny Manziel can do, and you can't do that necessarily all in with the weapons around him. So Deron Carter, it, yeah, he does make a good fit. It'll be very interesting to track that and uh, and see how it goes. Davis, man, a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for having me. That was Davis Sanchez from the panel CFL on TSN on Twitter at Sanchez Davis and the number two after the break. TSN.ca Scott Cullen joins me with power rankings heading into week 10 and CFL fantasy tips. That and a whole lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. the CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. And people, it is 50% off. We got Domino's again. It's back, baby. Order online. Domino's.ca. Get half off any menu price pizza when you order online. A medium, a large, extra large, whatever the size, whatever the topping, 
50% off until August 19th. Go get yourself some Domino's today at Domino's.ca. Joining me now, TSN.ca, Scott Cullen. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How are you doing, Andy? I'm good, my friend. Uh, there is a lot going on around the CFL, and it has fantasy implications. Let's begin with Jerron Carter, who, if he's actually playing offense, great option for you, potentially, on wide receiver. Well, he got moved to defense, back to offense with Saskatchewan, and now he's cut. So now you can't use him at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been quite a ride. Uh, I, I, like I, I always thought the idea of playing him on defense was something you would do in small doses, right? And, you know, to, in some packages we'll use Deron Carter, and maybe that you know keeps him a little more interested, a little incentive for him to, um, you know, be at his best. And but then all of a sudden it was well now Deron Carter's just playing defense, and and now you've sacrificed this great receiving option. And and for a Saskatchewan team that didn't have a ton of no. great receiving options, it's not as though they had all these guys that okay we can't quite fit in Deron Carter, <laughs> um, but you know then they move him to defense and um, the passing game does nothing for most of that time and and so now they move him back to offense and you think okay well now they're they're back in business and he's cut and as you say this really it's been quite a roller coaster ride uh, and you know if you're interested in Deron Carter for fantasy purposes it certainly bears watching where he ends up because sure. because if he ends up with a team that is prepared to use him and and take advantage of of you know his physical gifts then yeah he he should have some value down the second half of the season but uh, I would say the the first half of the season you know if if you didn't know kind of what had happened here you would you just would have no reason to think that he would be so unproductive no not at all and really it's in part crippled the whole Saskatchewan offense from a fantasy perspective like Naaman Roosevelt has suffered greatly yeah. you can't rely on him the running game has been sporadic uh, Cameron Marshall being signed back to the practice roster but uh, who knows when he's going to play and, and he's been hit or miss and then the quarterback play Zach Caleros comes back to that yeah. point who the heck's he going to throw to and oh yeah this week week 10 maybe wouldn't have been the best week to cut him because Calgary's coming to town and they're undefeated this well, is a disaster. Yes, <laughs> that, that's anytime Calgary's coming to town, you, oh. you're, you're you're just in for a, a, a tough week. It, it seems, and like as as good as Calgary is overall defensively, they are just they are yeah. murdering teams. You yeah. know, like you know some some teams that feel like they're they're doing all right, then they get up for a matchup against Calgary, and Calgary kind of. Smacks them down and says, "No, you know, back to your uh, corner and wait, wait for another week to put up some points." And that's that's sort of what it's been. And so, yeah. you know, good luck to Saskatchewan. But it's uh, yeah, taking the Stampeders uh, these days is a tough matchup. It's kind of the bookend opposite of the Montreal Alouettes. Whereas if you're struggling, you need that's some right, help. That's right. Hey, we'll go put up 50 points. Feel good about ourselves against the Alouettes. Calgary, shut you down. So from fantasy, uh, are you touching anybody on Saskatchewan this week? That's not that's not my plan. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is and exactly for that reason is that you know the, any of the the guys who you might uh, have interest in um, they come with question marks already mm-hmm. because there isn't anybody on on the riders who's really been a consistent force like like coming into the season I would have thought Naman Roosevelt would be a oh yeah a, a good basically him and Carter I thought we we're going to put up big numbers at, at wide receiver uh, and that hasn't happened but you know even when Carter was off playing uh, defense Roosevelt wasn't really putting up. A whole lot, and, and and so you know, to me, taking a, a guy who's underachieved because they're playing Calgary this week, no, thank you. That's, no, uh, and and you know, as you said, the the running game has been in in flux for the most part, and certainly with Jerome Messam gone, it's um, you know kind of up for grabs. 
yeah. uh, at this point. And, you know, any of those situations aren't the type of players that I want to grab for a game against Calgary. If, if you're, you know, daring to take somebody against Calgary, it better be somebody that you can count on to produce kind of week in and week out. You know what? Give me Brandon Banks, you know, who's giving me 100 yards right. as a receiver every week. I'll take a shot at him maybe against Calgary. But guys who are already question marks, no thanks. No, no, not at all. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. Let's stick with the fantasy roster here. I'm going to swing back to the quarterbacks with you here, Scotty. But for the running backs, let's give ourselves a little pat on the back with Trayvon Van from the BC Lions. Right. A little Barry Horowitz pat on the back, right, <laughs> from last week. Value guy, still a value at 5500 bucks. put up a total between rushing and receiving, uh, 16 plus of fantasy yeah. points. That's a nice value plug-in, especially if you if you wanted to go, let's say, heavy with an Andrew Harris at 10000 plus. Yeah. That's where I'm matching up again. I'm going Harris, and I'm going Van. Uh, what do you think about playing Van this week in a, a matchup that, hey, against an Argos team that its defense is okay? Yeah. But... Uh- but it's, it's an opportunity, and, and certainly at that price. Um, I, I think that's the whole, the whole question, is whether you want to go like a, a, a Van and Harris, where you catch the, the bargain price on Van and you're willing to pay the premium on Harris, or if you want to kind of basically split the difference and get guys who are in between. Right, right. Because okay. Because that's, that's yeah. where all the other... You know, regular starting backs are. You know, there's C.J. Gable is, what, under 7,500. William Powell is under 8. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, if you're really digging deep... Um, keep an eye on whether Romar Morris is going to play again in Calgary. Okay, and like he's twenty five hundred, and and you have to make sure that he's actually going to be playing. But if the Stampeders are going to are going to play him, then twenty five hundred dollars is a good price to um, to plug somebody in and give you flexibility mm-hmm. to take somebody like Harris because like that's expensive uh, at running back. But I mean Andrew Harris, we've we've sort of established at this point that he's the most reliable running yeah. back on the board. Yeah, he's he's really doing something special. Uh, let's go to our Twitter poll here, and it can swing into the fantasy side at Andy MC eighty one. Which quarterback do you expect to post the best numbers in CFL Week Ten? Johnny Manziel, who is missing Tuesday uh, practice because of an undisclosed appointment, which I can only assume is concussion-related, hopefully not. <laughs> so Johnny Manziel, McLeod Bethel-Thompson for the Argonauts, Zach Calaris with Saskatchewan, or Trevor Harris, who had a near 500-yard passing game against Montreal. The real wild card in this one, Scotty, is McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Had that second quarter, second-half comeback mm-hmm. uh, against Ottawa. Had the bye week, another week to get comfortable with the offense. Get ready for BC but still a relatively unknown. Are you gambling on Bethel Thompson? Um, for fantasy purposes, he's, he's worth a look because he's only $6,000. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, come, he comes in cheaper than Johnny Manziel. Does. Yeah, and it, cheaper than Travis Lule. Yep. And, and I mean, Travis Lule is an interesting one to me mm-hmm. at, at that price but because, um, you know, I don't know that there's a huge difference uh, this week in, in what you get from, say, Travis Lule or Matt Nickel. Well, um, and Luli's right, cheaper and, than Manziel. That's bizarre. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it is. It's well, I think Manziel basically they started his price at seven thousand and it hasn't moved yet. Oh, okay. I mean that's that's my. Uh, I think that's what it is uh, because you know, certainly his performance hasn't warranted him being, no. being up there yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, of the guys you're mentioning, of who, who you think has the best week, well, I, I'm probably going to go with Trevor Harris because you know I, I know he's had some. Ups and downs uh, in the first half of the season, but uh, I think we've seen a few more ups recently. And uh, like you said last week, I think he threw for 487. That's uh, 
Uh, maybe he doesn't duplicate that, but I think I think the Montreal factor, Scotty. I know, and I, I, and I think I think three hundred plus is a pretty uh, reasonable expectation for Harris on a, on a week in week out basis. Right, and what we have to keep in mind though, too, you coming off of one of the CFL performers of the week, Adam Big Hill with the Blue Bombers, that defense can be real tough. But yeah, Harris still trying to establish himself as as that elite level, and it's only going to come with consistency. So Manzel, yeah, especially with the concussion, I'm not putting that on him. Um, Zach Caleros, we talked about the offensive deficiencies. And then, really, yeah, so McLeod Bethel-Thompson. With this Argos team, I'm not going to ask you what we can expect because we honestly don't know about um, with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. But for the BC Lions, I like that opponent because they're, they're underrated in one sense, but the defense is still gettable enough for, like, he's not facing a Calgary where mm-hmm. it can be totally shut down. So he has a chance to ball out. Oh, certainly. And, you know, like Solomon Elmimian still out for, for BC, Great right? Point. Like kind of yeah. the one, yeah. you know, playmaker that they might be able to hang their hat on. And so, you know, I, I think Bethel Thompson probably gained a whole lot of confidence in, in the way things finished yeah. last last week that, you know, maybe you, you, you come back here and, and can build on. Now, he has so little playing time in the league. I mean, he could very well come out and just you know, fall flat. Exactly. Like, these, these Very the easily. Risks, these are the risks you take with a guy who has hardly any track record. But I, I think if you're the Argos, you know, you have to feel pretty good about how it ended the last the last game with Bethel Thompson. And now you, um, you know, give him a shot against a team that, you know, there, there should be an opportunity for him to put up some numbers. And, if, you know, if he doesn't, well, that tells you something about, about your quarterback situation. And when we look at the Calgary Stampede, are so good. Yeah, Kamar Jordan, he's, uh, quite, uh, he's pricey. But the running back situation, for as good as the Stampeders are... I'm probably going to stay away there. Our guy Don Jackson still out. Calgary coming off of the bye. They had Romar Morris for 48 points. I think you mentioned him yep. uh, to see. But outside of outside of that, like there's nothing really pointing to. I have to start a Stampeder unless it's like yeah. a flex or sleeper option, like you're saying with Morris. Yeah, and and I mean, you you could probably talk me into Bo Levi Mitchell. Okay, but. but but it's it's not a. I mean, in, in that case, you're investing a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's well, eighty nine hundred dollars uh, on, on the salary cap there, and and because I mean the receivers, you know, when Eric Rogers is healthy, you can kind of okay, well, that's the guy that he's gonna right. he's gonna get to this week. Well, with Rogers out, it becomes well, whoever, whoever they feel like this week is becomes uh, their pick, and, that's and so a danger. It, it you know it makes it tough for you to. You know, invest your your you know your two wide receiver spots or a flex spot in that one particular player because the Stampeders aren't aren't limited to oh it has to be this guy or it has to be that guy. No, it'll, it'll be whoever they you know whoever that has the good matchups that week. Well, yeah, they spread it around in the last game. You had Jordan with five catches, Lamar Durant five catches, and then you had two and with several guys. So there's mm-hmm. not there's not really as you said not really that guy right there. Uh, on the defensive side, on the fantasy uh, game here on uh, CFL.ca and TSN.ca, Edmonton Eskimos ah, against well, Montreal. You know, on, is I that mean. what we're... Especially with an, a, a unknown health-wise Johnny, even if he does play, looked a little yeah. squirrely after that hit. Yeah, and I mean, really, as, as much as Manziel looked better last yeah. week, it was still 168 yards yeah. and no touchdowns. So, like, like you'll still take your chances going up against that until you know, right. until basically until Menzel proves that he can uh, that he's going to punish the the other team's defense. You know, and and like I, I think that was progress last week, and mm-hmm. and I you know I'd be sort of very very small print cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. <laughs> about what could uh, come in the future. But I, I think if you're you know matching up with Montreal right now, you're you're still happy to take that matchup.
In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Okay, Scott, let's wrap up with the power rankings here heading into Week 10. And when you look at the standings there, obviously Calgary, still number one. Uh, Montreal, I think, would still be in the basement. Are we still in that jam underneath? Is it Edmonton, Winnipeg, kind of in the next tier? Yeah, and, and Edmonton's, uh, you know, they kind of stubbed their toe last week, yeah. which, pro- which probably is going to lead to a flip between them and, and uh, Winnipeg for two and three. And, um, you know, and, and Ottawa is kind of creeping into that group. Sure. Um, you know, right. Uh, and, but then it is kind of a, a mishmash behind them. Um, BC's got to be know, rising like, a little like good, bit. Good for BC. I mean, basically good for BC to kind of get themselves up into that next group right. because, you know, they, they were, if they had lost to, uh, to Edmonton last week, I mean, they're, they're in danger of pushing down further down, right? As oh, opposed yeah. to m- moving up. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, as we've gotten further into the season, we're starting to get a little bit of separation. I mean, Calgary, for one, has separated from the league <laughs> entirely. They're, oh, yeah. They're playing, they're playing on their own level. Uh, but, you know, it's sort of we've sort of grouped it now into that second tier, and then the yeah, third right. tier, and then you've got Montreal. And I, I still think Toronto was kind of hovering down there. We don't know. Um, you know, give me give me another game or two out of McLeod Bethel Thompson before I'm ready to we'll get some clarification them up. And uh, but I, I think yeah, we've sort of tiered the the league into about four different spots right now. Scotty, great stuff as always, man. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks, Andy. All right. Scott Collin from tsn.ca. And make sure you check out his statistically speaking on the CFL. Some great stuff with the Ticats and Alex Green this week on tsn.ca. All the work uh, on Twitter at TSN. Scott Cullen. After the break, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider player, current analyst on Regina Radio, The Green Zone, Belton Johnson, to give an in-depth look at the Jerron Carter release and what the heck is going on in Ryderville. That and much more coming up CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Remember, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. Get yourself a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. Hungrier than that, make it a large for just $3 more. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Well, one of the big storylines of the week, of course, Deron Carter. What the heck happened in Saskatchewan to force his release from the Rough Riders? So I'm going out to Saskatchewan talking to my guy. He is a 10-year pro football vet, three in the NFL, seven in the CFL, played for the Rough Riders, and is currently an analyst for the Green Zone on CJMECKOM in Saskatchewan. It's my guy, Belton Johnson. Belton, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Andy? Ah, uh, man, I, I'm good. It's uh, it's interesting times in the Canadian Football League, and it's it's weird, Belton, because all right, on from the outside, it looks like Jerron Carter did everything asked of him this season, going from yep. a receiver over to the defensive backside, back to receiver, and then it seems out of nowhere. Uh, Chris Jones says, hey, thanks, uh, we're going to let an all-star receiver go. What was your initial reaction to this? Oh, man, Andy. <laughs> uh, you know, me, Sunday, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out with the family and everything and, you know, start getting text messages asking me questions, uh, you know, from uh, people in the media, on, on the riders. And I'm like, what? What just happened? <laughs> and, uh, so to be honest with you, I was completely shocked, stunned. Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, Carter, you know, he's one of the bright spots for the offense, to be honest with you, at least last year. 
And, uh, you know, he did have a pretty good defensive game after his initial start on the defense this year. So, you know, again, I was completely blindsided, uh, just shocked. That was uh, yeah. what I felt. I, I had to look twice. I'm like, wait, no. This is a. And, and Belton, what was the. The thinking, looking back now. Okay, and, and as you said, it turns out he has a great defense, a, a good defensive game, but it's not his natural position as a defensive back. He's a heck of an mm-hmm. athlete. But when the Rough Riders had a shortage there, there are other defensive backs that Chris Jones could have gotten. Why not keep your star offensive weapon on offense to help out Brandon Bridge before Zach Caleros came back, to help Caleros get, get back into the swing of it? Why move him when you could have gone a different route? And that, that's the thing, Andy. Uh, none of us here in the media, myself, Jamie Nye, Daryl Davis, Warren Woods, we couldn't figure it out because, you know, uh, when Nick Marshall, uh, the cornerback, when he went down, it was like, oh, the backup is Deron Carter. And we're all like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, you know, the Riders, Chris Jones, they spend a lot of money every year with these little uh, free agent camps. So you mean to tell me you had all year, you had training count, you can't find two, three other guys, you know, to build that depth for the defensive backs. You have to take the best player, you know, on the offense and moving the defense so you're hurting the offense, you know. And uh, so we couldn't figure that out at all. And, you know, it's just something, you know, Chris Jones, I always call him a mad scientist mm-hmm. because – you know, to be honest with you, it's, it's his way or the highway. You know, his, the ego, he, whatever he says, it's going to go. And, you know, I just sit back with my bucket of popcorn and just watch the show. <laughs> To be honest, with you. <laughs> to see to see what the heck happens. In, oh man, in Regina, in conversation with Belton Johnson, former CFL NFL player, played with the Riders, analyst for the Green Zone out in Saskatchewan, CJME and CKOM on Twitter at bjizzle fifty six. And Belton, I say it every year when we talk. Still the best Twitter handle in the business, baby. That's uh, that's oh, part of the oh, reason yeah. why I get you back. <laughs> Oh, appreciate it. <laughs> it's still my favorite. Um, now you mentioned Chris Jones, and let's let's go beyond Deron Carter here because it is bizarre. It's not like his personality changed. You know what you get with Deron Carter, but for Chris Jones, and you said it, Belton, it's his way or the highway. Um, well, he might be hitting the highway sooner rather than later with the Rough Riders at three and four. That's a town and a team that doesn't put up with losing. How hot is his seat going to get if things continue to either middle or go south? Because guess what? You got the Calgary Stampeders undefeated coming to town. This could get ugly quick. It, and it could, Andy. Uh, you, Chris Jones, uh, I believe his record versus the West right now, don't quote me, but I believe it's around 5-17 and 17 versus Western opponents. Uh, I mean, you have to beat the Western teams to, in order to get, you know, home playoff games and things of that nature. So it, it starts first there. And then Deron Carter, the kid was a fan favorite, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And, you know, Chris Jones, I think he made a – not a monk, but, you know, he put a target on himself day one. You know, he released uh, – Chris Gesloff, he's released yeah. uh, uh, Darian Durant, uh, John Chick, Weston Dressler, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess, household names and fan favorites. And uh, you fast forward up to this point right now, Deron Carter had a heck of a year last year. I believe he was, uh, what, MVP or MOP 
for the riders and everything. And he was a, he's a fan favorite. So, man, it's like Chris Jones just took another jab or punch at Rider Nation, you know, by releasing their favorite players. So, you know, if the offense doesn't uh, straighten out here very soon, you got to look at some things. Either Chris Jones, he's wearing too many hats, mm-hmm. you know, GM, head coach, and, you know, all of that, or, and defensive coordinator. And, or do you look at the offensive coordinator? Uh, because that's the problem this year. It's not their defense. Defense is arguably probably the top two in the league right now. And it's the type of defense that can win a championship. It can win a great cup. But the Achilles heel on this team is the offense. Right. It's, it's the offense that's so predictable. It's, it's boring. It's terrible. You sit there in the stands. And I sit in the stands every home game. And I'm about to fall asleep every game <laughs> because of the offense. And the fans, they want their money's worth. They want entertainment. And Chris Jones is taking that entertainment away, stripping Carter. And you look at the offense last week or the week before when they played Edmonton. looked like it had life. It looked like it had heartbeat with uh, Zach Clares back in the lineup and Deron Carter back on the offense. So it better straighten up here real quick, I think. And, and Belton, unless there's something behind the scenes that Chris Jones isn't going to come out with and, and that we don't know that left him no choice but to release him, and that's a possibility. But otherwise, you're right, and and I don't think you can blame the offensive coordinator because what's he going to say? Uh, you took my best player, you put him on defense, then you got rid of him, and no disrespect to the other receivers on their team, uh, Belton, they're, they're hardworking guys, but you got Naaman Roosevelt, Caleb Hawley's coming back, but the rest, it's just a bunch of guys at that point. Like, there's, you're right, it, there's no dynamic thing. And then for Zach Caleros, what are you supposed to do with this offense? And, that, and that's the thing. What are you going to do? Because, again, you release Deron Carter, who just, what, a week and a half ago just caught a touchdown, Man. you know, from Zach Caleros and everything. And that's where I go back to the offense, too. You know, where, where are the leaders? Where are the leaders on that offense? Uh, if you look at the Riders' defense, they have leaders at every level. The defensive line, Willie Justice, Willie Jefferson, uh, Charleston Hughes, and the uh, secondary, Ed Ganey, and uh, even at linebacker, you got uh, Moncrief and Iguavin. So every level of the defense has a leader. They got tons of leaders over there. You look at the offense, you tell them where's the leader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I, I don't see Deron as a leader. Uh, to me, he's, what, 27 going on 17. He's a kid. <laughs> to be, I'm being honest yeah, with you. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, it, there's nobody stepping up to the plate. Brandon Labatt tried to step up to the plate a couple weeks ago, and he even questioned, you know, just the practices and things like how offense, they're still screwing up plays that they had day one you know, and in training camp. They're still messing that stuff up. Guys aren't being accountable. And I do look to Labatt as a leader because there was one game where he got nicked up, went off to the side, he came back in, hopped back into the game, finished that game, and to me that's a leader. And if you got those young receivers, you got, you know, Shaq Evans, uh, Williams Lambert, you know, those guys, they, you know, the Ron Carter wasn't practicing right and you got those young guys looking up to him, if he's not practicing right, why should I? Mm-hmm. And, 
you can't have that on the team. And so I, I do want to look for those leaders. Uh, Zach Kolaris, he's got to step up to the plate. You know, even naming Roosevelt, sometimes, it, I mean, I know he's a quiet, but, you know, he is a leader. Step up, say something, yeah. you know. Get, get those guys in order because the offense, that's the problem with this team. It's not defense. It's not special teams. It's the offense that's holding this team back. And we'll see if Chris Jones might be a little too smart for his own good. As you said, maybe too many hats. We've seen it fail in the NFL plenty of times. Guys take on too much. Even in Hamilton, Ken Austin had to take a step back, right? Sometimes it's too much and you get distracted. And that's what I think, you know, is, I mean, as a, you know, head coach, GM, D coordinator, you know, Chris Jones, he's worried about his defense. He's a defensive guru, no doubt about it. That's why the defense is at its best. But then it comes to, you know, even the head coach, uh, I think uh, the Edmonton game, they only had freaking 41 dress when you're supposed to have 42. They made a mistake or something with wow. uh, the uh, Sam linebacker, uh, Ed, not Evans, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, number Elam. Uh, so they made a mistake in theirs. And, you know, it's the attention to details and everything. And, you know, him as a GM, now he's got to go out find these players. And, you know, <laughs> so to me, that's a lot of hats to wear. Uh, you know, but if he succeeds, great. But, again, you look at Coach Austin. I mean, he wore too many hats. And look what it did mm-hmm. to that team, the organization. Now look at them since he stepped down. They've gotten a lot better, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Wow, though. Belton, this is going to be a very interesting story to follow for Deron Carter the rest of the year, Chris Jones, and the whole uh, Rough Riders. Thank you so much, as always, my friend. Always appreciate it. Yes, sir. No problem at all, Andy. Always great talking to you. That was Belton Johnson on Twitter. Best handle in the business, at BJizzle56. Analyst for the Green Zone there in Saskatchewan Radio covering the Rough Riders, former CFL NFL player, one of the all-time great personalities. I love talking to Belton every year. All right, folks, well, that'll do it. So, remember, if you missed any of the show, go to your local TSN radio show page under the Shows section, CFL Weekly. It'll be on iTunes. I'll have it pinned on my Twitter, at AndyMC81, Instagram, at AndyMCSports. Enjoy the games, folks. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.